Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. And this week, we're getting spooky because Halloween is upon us. Uh, it's our yearly Halloween episode. I and almost feel like this wasn't spooky enough. I know. Uh, so in the past, we've done, uh, oh, what did we do? Mockingbird Lane. Which was the Munsters reboot, which obviously extremely spooky. Uh, and then we did the Elvira show last year. That's very spooky. Yep. And now we're doing Nearly Departed. Probably the least spooky. Yeah, not spooky at all, in fact. Pr- pretty, uh, pretty average, you know, down to earth. Really um, telling us the story about Common Man. So basically the premise of this show is take Beetlejuice and replace Lydia with a grandpa. Oh my goodness, that's so true. I didn't even think of that. Yep, so there is an English professor named Grant and his wife Claire who died in a rock slide, but their ghosts still inhabit their old home. Now a plumbing contractor named Mike and his family move in. (laughs) (laughs) and grant isn't too happy about it can can we mention some of the casting choices here yeah this surprisingly had a lot of well i don't know if they were big names at the time aside from eric idol but they became big names yeah there, there are a few people specifically two people in this episode who really bother me and i think the first one is eric idol because as you and I discussed before this, uh, if any member of the Monty Python, you know, comedy group is alone in something, it is typically a bad sign unless it's John Cleese. Yeah. And even when John Cleese is in it, it's still 50-50. Yeah. It's usually a sign that something went wrong and we need John Cleese to fix it. <laughs> um, but the other casting choice that sticks out in my mind is uh Stuart uh what what was his last name again? Do you remember? Yep, it's Stuart Pankin. Stuart Pankin from Honey I Shrunk Ourselves. The um, sequel. I need to stop you there. I'd be remiss if I didn't say it was Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. If you remember this this man, uh he's the worst. He's just simply the worst. Yep, he's also the guy that's in charge of the uh, space station on Xenon. Oh, right, 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 right. We figured that out going through it. Yep, he plays Mike, the uh, plumbing contractor who bought the house. Oh, he he's also in Life Stinks, which is easily the worst Mel Brooks movie. Uh, I've never actually seen it. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah, let me just recommend to everybody, do not see Life Stinks. Uh, Hold on, wait, wait, let me do my uh, critic impression there. Life Stinks, more like It Stinks. And folks, if I can't pick that up and and throw it in the hoop for a ringer, let me say just don't watch it, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Don't, don't. Put your slippers on and your nightgown and then walk out to the local I gotta watch it store. It's not worth it. Don't go there. Don't don't put the tape in yet. Okay, it's not worth it yet. You'll see. You'll see. So this show also has uh Wendy Shaw playing Stuart Pankin's character's wife, Liz. Um, if you recognize that name, it's because she plays Francine on American Dead. So pretty established voice actress. I think I think there's something we didn't um, establish about Stuart Pankin that I just uh, figured out while I was uh, doing a quick search. Um, we didn't credit him correctly. It's it's actually Stuart Pankin of The Artist. The film The Artist? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Interesting career trajectory this man has had. 
And uh, if you're wondering who he was in The Artist, he plays director number one. Well, if you're if you're not number if you ain't first, you're last, as I learned from Talladega Nights. And if we know anything about Talladega Nights, it's that. Um, Life advice. Exactly. So uh, let's get into the show. Um, mm-hmm. This show aired on NBC for less than a month. It aired from April 10th, 1989 to May 1st, 1989. And it's actually a uh, essentially a reboot of a TV show called Topper, which was itself based on a 1937 film. Hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... This show did not feature the martini-loving dog from the original TV show. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I didn't know this. Yeah, um, I think maybe eventually it would have showed up, but... The dog? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, that sounds like your selling point. <laughs> but they didn't start off with it. So that, That's like dog with a blog without the dog. It's just, like just the blog. I'm trying to think of a ghost pun, but I can't. Um, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's like the boo without the ooh, you know. It's like it's like Dalmatian with the apparition. So true. Snaps. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so the show aired. Four of its six episodes, leaving two episodes unaired. It kind of just jumps right in when the episode starts. Yeah. Uh, there's a very weird theme song of Eric Idle <laughs> just basically singing the events of what happened. Nearly departed. Yeah, it's very, like, prim and proper. It's, it's like a... It's kind of like the theme song to a show where like it's a parody of itself like the actors are telling you don't watch this but then yeah. you watch it. <laughs> it it almost felt like an snl sketch just that theme the theme song yeah oh yeah no it, it it's like very tongue-in-cheek over the top so uh we start off the episode they are uh grant and claire the ghosts are in the bedroom and they're kind of shooting the shit, talking about how much it sucks to be ghosts. Which you would think, they're, they've are they been ghosts for six months. You would think that they'd be over it by now and not complain every single day. But, you know, they still do. <laughs> Honestly, Eric Idle is acting like he's never been dead before this day. I mean, well, his career kind of is, but... <laughs> Uh, but I mean, like, his character, it doesn't make much yeah. sense. Like, <laughs> If you were to watch this without the... Con- if they'd never mentioned when they died, which they do very shortly, and they mention it six months, they died in a rock slide. But if you'd never heard them mention it, you would think, oh, they just died, like, a couple days ago. But this man <laughs> holds a grudge against those rocks. <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> So, uh, they end up in the bathroom where Mike is getting ready. And for some reason, Grant wants to wash his hands, but he can't because Mike is brushing his teeth. And Mike's wife, Liz, is like, oh, you almost done in there? Mike says, yeah, I'm, be- I'm done brushing my teeth. So, Grant puts his hands into the sink. But right before Mike spits, Mike spits into Grant's ghostly hands. <laughs> Which makes no sense, because why would it not go through him? He is incorporeal. Well, think about this, Ed. What do we know about goats? Ghosts. Uh, Well, goats, uh, you milk them. (laughs) Yep, and you you can also milk a ghost, too. Yes, they got nipples. (laughs) Yep, it's called ectoplasm. And you can drink it to become a stronger ghost when you die. Is that what Ghostbusters is about? Yeah, that's why they're catching all of them, so they can become really strong when they die. Okay. 
Because, I mean, okay, if you knew about somebody named Zool, wouldn't you want to become the next Zool? Well, I think that's what um, jeweling is, is it not? Oh, jeweling? Yeah, yeah is that I mean, not? It's, it's the same idea, but... You puff out smoke, those smoke little things, the little puffs of smoke, those are ghosts. I mean, I, yeah. If, now, tell me this, have you ever seen a ghost and a jewel in the same place at the same time? I mean, I've definitely bought jewel cartridges from people who strike me as a ghost, but... I don't believe there are any ghosts in those minty, fresh packages I buy every week for my part for my partner. Well, then maybe you should read the ingredients. Oh shit! <laughs> there's 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 death in here. They're <laughs> they're literally liquefying death. Wait, guys, Jewel is people. Wait, guys. Eric Idle is in here. <laughs> they ground him down into smoke and put him in. So after uh, after Mike spits out his toothpaste and walks away, Liz, she walks in in a towel. Oh, boy. As Claire walks out asking Grant, oh, what do you want to do today? You want to go for a walk? And he goes, no, nah, I think I want to stay in. And Mrs. Dooley gets into the shower. Grant's a big old perv because he peeks in. She like smacks away his hand saying, oh, Mike, I told you you couldn't come in because she just sees a hand, thinks it's Mike. Then he grabs a mirror, stands on the ledge of the shower and starts like looking over, opens up the shower, pokes a mirror underneath, get in the undercarriage. And it's just a very weird, gross scene. And... Then we get my favorite part. Uh, Liz walks in saying, honey, where or not Liz. Claire walks in going, hey, honey, Grant, where are you? Because he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> Miss Dooley opens the curtain. She's got her towel on and he is just standing next to her with a smile and he is soaked. It's honestly disgusting. It I is. Was, it, I kind of hate a ter- it. <laughs> it's a terrible thing, but it still was. It, it was done funny. Like. Just the smile on his face and him just soaking wet, despite the fact he is a ghost. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely played up for everybody, but it's just so, like, it's something that wouldn't play very well, like, today. (laughs) No, it would not. I, I don't understand how ghosts work in this show. Because, you know, he'll get wet and everything, and they can pick up stuff, but, like, nobody walks into them or walks through them. I think it seems like they're physical. Does it not? It seems like they're physical and they narrowly avoid walking into people. Does anybody walk through them in the episode? No, they don't. Okay, well, we don't know. That's true. So, we find out that Grandpa is coming by. Mmm. This is Liz's dad. This is where the uh, the plot to the episode comes in. Mm-hmm. We find this out as Mike is demolishing the old bookshelves so he can put up his bowling trophies. Oh, but not only that. So the problem with that whole scene is that he's knocking down the wooden bookshelf, but only to put up a metal bookshelf. Yep. And Grant is just pissed. <laughs> also, can we mention that the the house in this show, like most uh, sitcoms, follow a standard setting to the house that we've seen before? I've never seen this fucking house before. This is ridiculous, this house. Yeah, like if you look at like Family Matters, the set looks very very similar to if you watched full house but this show nothing like it Mm-mm. so we find out grandpa's coming by and a neighborhood boy shows up to visit Derek who is Liz and Mike's son 
And this is when we get a little bit of exposition about, oh, yeah, these two weirdos used to live here. The lady was nice, but this weird British dude was here and he was an asshole. And he died in a rock slide. Good riddance kind of type thing. And Grant's just like, what the fuck did he just say? And Claire just kind of brushes it off. And the reason we find out that Grandpa is coming to them is he's going to stay with them for a few days while he looks for a new place to live. We get the scene where Grandpa first shows up. There's... (laughs) I hate this. So there is a lot of uh, back and forth between the family and Grandpa. And Grant keeps kind of like jutting in with his own little witty responses. And we find out that Grandpa not only lost his job, but he also lost his license. So they decide, okay, fine, we're going to take Grandpa to get his license. And that way we don't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to live with us. We're all good. They all walk away except for Grandpa. And Grant's just going off on him. Like, you fucking old idiot. You better not stay here. And then Grandpa goes, oh, shut up. And Grant and Claire are very surprised. They're like, you can hear us? So this is where we're uh, finding out that the only person that can actually see these two is Grandpa Jack. (laughs) Which which is so weird, by the way. I kind of hate it. Well, he makes a joke like, they're like, we're dead. How do you see us? He goes, yeah, well, I'm 70. So like, almost there. But, but not really, right? Like, you could live longer than that. Exactly. Give yourself some credit. So, uh, the response to, well, why didn't you say anything? Like, why didn't you mention that you could see us? Was... Well, I don't want them to think I'm crazy and put me in a place with rubber pajamas. <laughs> Essentially saying, I don't want to be put in an old folks home. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then dinner's served and Grant's trying to get Grandpa to tell the family, oh, you got to leave. There's ghosts here. And... Grandpa just ignores him, takes some potatoes, goes, oh, these will make you wish you could come back to life. (laughs) I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Then we get a scene of Grandpa in the study, which he's using as a room, on a flannel couch, which... That brought me back because I could yeah. literally, like, I had a sense memory. I could feel that couch. Oh, I could too. That That's so, like, late 80s, early 90s couch. Exactly. Like, everybody's grandparents had one of those couch. Yes. Grandpa's reading a book. <laughs> so, when... so, hang on. If you're going to watch this episode for one thing, watch it for the fucking couch, guys. Get that couch nostalgia. Get back in here. Eric Idle needs you. And the couch needs you too. Specifically the couch. Yeah, not Eric Idle. The couch needs more of a career than you. Well, yeah, but I hear that um, they're starting a change.org petition to get a Netflix series for this couch. So, I mean, if, if I was serious about this, I mean, I would not support that couch. <laughs> so you can be the the judge but also the guest you can be the judge and the guest we're inviting you to come onto the show and judge that couch <laughs> please right now ne- next episode ed invite eight people to come on the show <laughs> invite eight people to come on the show and I swear to G, if they're not here, I'll be confused, but I won't be angry. Uh, honestly, you'll probably forget, but you I know. will. I will <laughs> forget. Hey, to the eight people who are listening to this and thinking you're going to come on the show. 
You're probably not. <laughs> so uh, Grandpa is reading a book on this lovely flannel couch when Derek <laughs> walks in. So Grandpa just stashes it real quick. And we both thought, oh, Grandpa's a, <laughs> Grandpa's a little filthy. Yeah. He's a little dirty Grandpa up in Very here. Very dirty. And that it's had the same... to have been something bad. And it's the same thought that Derek has because he goes for the book and he goes, ooh, who's the centerfold? <laughs> Turns out it's just a driver's ed manual. Yeah. Uh, and here, first here, off, here's the weird thing, though. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but Derek takes it, says, who's the centerfold and looks at the cover. Uh, buddy, I don't know if you've ever looked at print porn. But that's not the centerfold. The cover is not the centerfold. Sorry. And also, can we just talk about how weird this situation is that a man, <laughs> a kid reaches under his grandpa's leg to grab <laughs> pornographic images very enthusiastically, despite the fact that this old man is right next to him. Well... You know, I think most of America is okay with getting a boner in front of other people. And I think that's really what the problem has been over the past 70 years, is we've just gotten more comfortable with getting a boner in front of other people. Well, I mean, I don't think Grandpa did, unless he got... Do you think maybe that was his porn? He gets turned on by turn signals. Well... Let me put it this way. If the grandkid thought that his grandfather was looking at porn, then the grandkid can assume that the grandfather was getting off to said porn. So if grandkid is okay with looking at the same porn the grandfather was looking at and getting hard around his grandfather, I mean, I I feel like I don't have to say any more. That's pretty messed up of the grandkid has nothing to do with the grandfather. The grandfather doesn't have any choice whether this kid takes the dirty book from him while he's on the flannel couch or not, you know? That's true. It's not his choice whether the kid chooses to do this and the kid chose to do it, <laughs> which I think is disgusting. So I think if we're going to blame anyone for the creation of this episode, I honestly think it's Generation uh, Z. I think it's them. I think they did it. You know, is he? Is this kid technically a millennial? This was 1989. You gotta assume the kid's like 11, 12 years old, right? I mean, yeah, realistically, this kid is probably older than us. Well, he's 100% older than us. Neither of us were born when this show was on. When was the show on? 1989. Um, I would like to say that I was at least an idea at this point. <laughs> you were being thought of very yeah. fondly. Yeah, I was a part of the universe. I was being thought of. <laughs> so um, then we get to the DMV. Oh, my God. And, and Grant and Claire are there. Grant's throwing a fit because he says, oh, one of the only good things about being dead is you don't have to be to the DMV anymore. And here we are. Claire's Claire says, oh, I just thought, you know, Grandpa needed our support, which it turns out he very much did. Because Mike tries to bribe the desk clerk to just kind of pass Grandpa without having to test him. She calls security. He is taken to a holding cell to be, quote unquote, roughed up a little and then let go. And Grandpa is left to take the test on his own. But he doesn't know what he's doing. Which is where we get this whole comedic, very physical comedy from Eric Idle. Because <laughs> after the written test, which they just both look over someone else's shoulder and read the answers off to him, he has to do the vision test. And he can't see for shit. So Eric Idle, Grant, he goes over to the EPF, whatever the fuck those things are called, the chart 
the eye chart that always has a big E on the top. And he starts yelling out letters to Grandpa, but Grandpa can't hear him. So he starts miming the letters as if he is a cheerleader. Which I hate. Dude is weird with these letters. Yeah, he's doing some weird shit. (laughs) My favorite was when he uh, gets down on the ground and uh, spreads eagle to do V. And then immediately after just puts his arms up to do W. (laughs) Now, Andy, what was your favorite letter? My favorite letter was probably the most confusing one. Which I'm gonna was, guess. hmm? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess. Was it Q? Ooh, that's actually a really good one, but that's the second one that confused me. <laughs> the first one that confused me was the letter R. Yeah, that was a weird one. I think that's where things started getting conceptual. And I wasn't ready. You know, typically you go for a lowercase r because that's the easy one to do. You just make it seem like you're diving into a swimming pool. But he won capital R. I mean, I I don't think if you did lowercase r, anybody would have recognized what you were doing. So I understand why you do capital R. What I don't understand is the way that this person did it, which was initially doing what almost looks like a P and then kicking the leg out after the fact. So it's, it's really something that you need to pay attention to, which I don't feel like is the most uh, effective approach to it. Right. It's like that. If you have to explain a joke, it's not a joke type thing. Yeah. Right. Like if, if, if I don't know what letter you're doing from the get go, then you as an actor are doing something wrong because like you should have communicated that point pretty clearly from the get go. So Eric Idle, this is a call out post. I'm using, um, unaired the podcast. Have you ever heard of it? I'm using it as a, a platform to go against you. I hate you. Come get me. Don't go after Ed. Go after me. I hate you. Wow, harsh words for Eric Idle. Yeah, I'm also inviting James Cromwell to come as well. I'm ready for you. You're just calling everybody out. I mean, I've been ready my whole goddamn life for this now, to keep with the theme of this show, are there any dead celebrities you'd like to call out? Of course. <clears throat> if I could. If you would be so uh, kind to indulge me here, I would call out a very fat person, uh old actor, old Hollywood actor, fat person. Do you know who I'm talking about here? Um, Fatty Arbuckle? Fatty Arbuckle. That's who I'm talking about. Was it really? Yep. You're not even joking. Roscoe Arbuckle. I'm calling you out because <laughs> uh, you squished someone. That was proven false. Yeah, I don't care. You you squished them. Also, I just want to point out to the listener, I'm sure I cut out the entirety of that uh, <laughs> that dead silence and the clicking clacking of your keyboard. Andy, it took you a solid minute and a half to find Fatty Arbuckle, despite the fact that you knew he was a fat old Hollywood actor. <laughs> the man's name has fat in it. Okay, well, if it's fair to you, I got confused. You know, I saw Fats Waller come up, and I didn't say anything, because I knew it wasn't him. And I saw Archie Bunker pop up, too, who I also knew it was and was. So, if you're going to blame me for blaming anyone, blame me for blaming the right person, because I waited for you to tell me who the right person was. I had to reach into your mindscape and pull out this weird nugget. Uh Uh-huh. Of fatty Arbuckle knowledge. Thank you. Uh, You know what? 
that's all staying in. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad people will hear my desperate search for this man who sat on somebody apparently to have it uh, um, <laughs> misreported. Yeah. <laughs> who cares, his, though? His... You died when you were 46, you fat Arbuckle. So Jesus. You, you sat on someone. That's what I'm saying. Coincidentally, uh, Fatty Arbuckle is Garfield's nickname for his owner. Did I tell you that I bought Garfield comics recently? You did not. Um, A, that is not a normal thing for a 24, 25-year-old man to do. And B, when, when specifically did this happen? Last week. Jesus Christ, Andy. <laughs> it was important to me. I'll tell you uh, off the air, but uh, if anyone is curious, just go to Garfield uh, Jumps uh, with an X uh, dot net. Where, where exactly is the X? Oh, you can figure it out if you're smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so back to the show. Uh, Grandpa, it turns out, passes his driver's test and Mike is all like distraught like oh no 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 and the whole family's like why are you distraught because I brought him back to Norman's I think that was the name of his old boss Mm. and he goes well did he not get the job back no he did then what's wrong he turned it down Mm. and he he reveals that now that he knows he has confidence and that he's able to do these things that he wasn't previously, such as pass a driver's test. Uh, he realizes he can get a better job. So he's going to be staying with the family. And Grant is very, very annoyed because he feels double crossed. He thought, OK, we're going to get this whole family out of here. But now there's more of them. Yeah. And honestly. What the fuck? What's going on here? <laughs> Why? Yeah, that's that's my whole uh, thought process for this show. Is why? <laughs> yeah, but why? <laughs> you know, living in a post-Beetlejuice world, you would think they would have tried to do something different, which I guess they did because they didn't go into the whole, like, weird claymation horrific weird witch doctor thing but still other than that this is literally just beetlejuice yeah this is a this this sucks yeah it's it's a less macabre beetlejuice honestly fuck you eric idol why'd you put us through this (laughs) why do you you fucking you idiot. You you knew what good shit was. You were on the Monty Python circus. You were in Monty Python. You dumbass. You knew what was good. <laughs> you you just wanted money. Well, I mean, he didn't really get it. The show yeah. was canceled very swiftly. So, I mean, it's easy for me to say that. But you know what, Andy? You're an asshole. Why would you say that? You just wanted money. So we're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll be back with our episode pitches. Good. Testing. Can anyone hear me? My name is Toby, and I'm the host of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a show that discusses the paranormal, conspiracies, the supernatural, UFOs, cryptozoology, and anything else weird. Our show is transmitted to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter for updates, at SecretTransPod. So get ready to put on your tinfoil hats and come learn with us as we try to explain the unexplainable. So, Andy, uh, before we get into our pitches, I want to bring back something that our friend Steve pitched way back in i think episode two so we haven't done in a while um the segment is rate that apartment 
But in this case, it's rate that house. How I hate you... that house. You hate that house. <laughs> I think it's awful. I think it looks like shit. It doesn't make any sense. And um, where's the room for the zany uncle? I don't see one. So I think if anybody had a perfect living situation on TV and let me tell you that my saying this doesn't say that it's the best TV show, but that it had the best living situation. Full house. 100%. Yeah, that was a very big house. It was a very big house, but I think we had a sense of how that house worked. 100%. Like, I think by the end of that series, we knew exactly how that house worked. I don't feel that way with this place. This place is very confusing. I have no idea what's going on in some areas. And I hate I hate it. Yeah, I definitely get that sense. Um I did like the uh the den, the room that grandpa was in. That was very appealing to me. I like the vaulted ceilings. And I I appreciate all the woodwork and the flannel couch. You know, we're still pulling for you. Get better, flannel couch. Um, Honestly, we need more flannel couches. We do. And I think maybe if this entire house had flannel furniture, you might have actually liked it. I think so, too. I'm definitely biased to things that seem like they're older. So Mm -hmm. I think that would have helped. But... It did have a very large kitchen. I will say that. There could have been a lot of like comedic situations derived in that kitchen. I think that shows that are too confident about themselves kind of uh, ruin themselves in a way. So on a scale of, uh, let's say, 1 to 10 ghostly idols, how many would you rate this? Um, I'd probably give it one. Oof. Well, let me preface. I think one ghostly idol is very powerful. I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you a gift. So you're Stop. saying you're you're essentially gifting them the one rather than giving them a zero. Yeah. Stop arguing with me. I'm not giving you a zero. I'm giving you one. But I would never, let me clarify, I would never give you more. Okay, well, that's fine because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give yeah. it four Grandpa Jacks. Are you, f- are you, f- are you, f- are you, are you funning kidding me? Listen, that's still failure. Yeah. But it's not great. Like, it's not, it's not like, it's not dead in the ground like Grant and Claire. Oh, I bet. So, Andy, Uh what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen of this show? If I'm being honest, I think you would have seen an episode where Grandpa finally drives a car. But for the whole family this time. Not just for one person, but for everybody involved i think everybody would have felt a good drive from grandpa i think he would have figured it out by that point now do you think he's driving something like a subaru outback so the ghosts have room to fit in too i don't want you to talk about ghosts with grandpa anymore i don't here here's my problem i don't think the ghosts should have a connection with grandpa like at all Grandpa is a strong character by himself, and I think he should be allowed to uh, function by himself. So you're saying the nearly departed, the titular nearly departed in this show would be Grandpa, and you would just get rid of the ghosts? Yeah, get rid of the ghosts. They're very boring. Now, is this just stemming from your hatred of Eric Idle right now? I don't hate Eric Idle. I want you to know that. I just... 
I just think this was the wrong move. You know? Yeah, I get that. And I think John Rich, who's one of the uh, show creators, I think he could have done a uh, a better job. Yeah. Do you think potentially this could have been better if John Cleese had replaced Eric Idle? Oh, absolutely. So, like, maybe after the pilot, John Cleese just takes over. It's a recasting. I mean, that changes a lot of things. Specifically, Eric Idle's status on the show. I mean, yes, <laughs> very specifically. And it also changes the ideas for my pitches. Okay. Because John Cleese is a very different actor than Eric Idle. Eric Idle just felt like a poor man's John Cleese. Exactly. So, you know what? Let's just recast him. Every episode from this point on will have had John Cleese in it instead of Eric Idle. Oh, then he has to become a dog. So, y- you want to bring in this martini-loving dog from the original. The original topper from yeah. which this is based on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if we're fixing the show, that's the way we gotta go. <laughs> okay, so like maybe Grandpa needs a service dog to tell him when he needs his insulin shots. But instead, turns out this dog... He can hear it talk. And it's just always asking for martinis. Yes, finally. There we A go. character I can relate to. And John Cleese bonds with this dog because he, he just wants martinis too. I mean, John Cleese is the dog. John Cleese is the dog. So you're saying he essentially possesses the dog. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> if you're writing the show correctly, yeah. See, I feel he could play dual roles. He could be both the dog and the ghost. No, I mean, at that point, it's worth it to just pay two people, Eric Idle and John Cleese at that point. All right. So, you know what we'll do then? We'll bring John Cleese in as the dog. I I don't like it. I think other people would. Okay. So we're going to stick with that. You listen to us, Eric Idle? You're okay. For now. I don't like you. I think you should get out. <laughs> I think you're too much. <laughs> I think you're a sellout. So I feel like there would definitely be an episode where be- there would be some kind of Beetlejuice crossover. Like maybe their Halloween episode. Yes. Like maybe turns out uh, their Mike's niece is Lydia from Beetlejuice and she's coming to visit. Yes. And she walks in, and she can also see Grant and Claire. And Grandpa's just like, holy shit, I'm not alone. And I don't know, what kind of hijinks do you think we could get him in? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think we could get Michael Keaton for this. He was a big movie star. But I think we could get someone in Beetlejuice makeup to show up. I think so, too. So, it's 1989. I'm thinking synergy with other TV shows. Um, Family Matters introduced the Urkelverse as Steve Urkel guested on a ton of different shows. I'm thinking Steve Urkel shows up and he's dressed as Beetlejuice for Halloween. Mm. But Lydia's confused. She's just like, oh no, it's Beetlejuice. That ghosts and all those supernatural stuff exists. And and then at the end, mm. Steve goes, can I have some cheese, please? I love that. Yes. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I'm thinking. To tie it all you know, together. Maybe, maybe that could be a, a season arc <laughs> is Steve's coming to visit, you know, and he's like bringing an EM. He's got his EMF meter and everything. And he's trying to, you know, prove either equivocally that ghosts exist or they do not exist. And every time he's getting close to finding out the truth, something happens like Grandpa Jack or no, the dog spills a martini on his EMF meter and goes, whoops, I guess I guess you can't figure it out. (laughs) I think I think even you can admit 
that the idea of a dog who is a bad dog adds a lot to the show. Yeah. And I think it's frustrating not to have a pet on the show. I think every successful sitcom needs a pet. And if you don't have one, go get one. I'm looking at you, Big Bang Theory. You got one season left. Who's your pet? Yeah, just bring in like a hamster or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, but it's certainly not Wallowitz. It doesn't even need to be referenced that much. Just leave it in the living room. You got the hamster there. Your ratings go up. <laughs> yeah, just add it to young Sheldon, like a young little kitty or something that Sheldon knows about. So um, last time when I debuted um, the new segment featuring Wallace Shawn, uh-huh. uh, right after we recorded, I turned on the TV, flipping through the channels, young, uh, young Sheldon's on, and guess who's on that show? Wallace Shawn. young Wallace Shawn. <laughs> well, no, he's an old oh, man, yeah, yeah, but yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. Just a little tidbit for you. I like it. I'm a big fan. That you gave that to me. You gave me a little Wallace Shawn to enjoy. So let's think series finale here. Uh Uh-huh. I think the main way to kind of send them off would be the ghosts are like ready to pass on. Like they're finally, Mm. they decide, okay, you know what? We've done our due diligence here. We have no unfinished business. We're going to pass on. So it's them kind of saying their goodbyes. I think eventually throughout the show, the rest of the family would start to be able to see the ghosts. And, you know, that would lead to some comedy. (laughs) Mm. But I think the very end of the series, they kind of like fade out. And then like maybe it like focuses on Eric Idle and Claire, uh, it, it focuses on Grant and Claire and like, they just kind of like close their eyes and start fading away. And then they open their eyes and where are they? Right back in the house. Turns out this has been hell the entire time. Hmm. It's their own personal hell. I mean, in one way I kind of love it because I think everybody in the show deserves to go to hell Everybody. I'm not discriminating against one person or anything. I think everybody in the show deserves to just bye-bye from Earth. Um, But I also think there's some good stuff in here. Yeah. Now, I will say that that series ending was very much influenced by, spoiler alert, don't listen if you're adverse to spoilers on a specific NBC show. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Uh, yes, The Good Place. I've been binging it mm. for a second time, and it's very much influenced by season one finale. Hmm, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, very similar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do you have uh, any further ideas for this ghostly monstrosity um i think i hate the show and i don't want it to keep going i'm glad it's over i'm glad it died um i think this might be the first case in which i'm glad that uh further episodes were not aired interesting i i know that's that's a strong point but uh <laughs> hey i'm looking at you eric idol I'm coming after you. <laughs> you better look out. You're going to see me in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and that's true. It, this uh, this is now going to be admitted as evidence in Eric Idol's uh, restraining order against you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you you recognized me. So before uh, we end this, I just want to point out, I think that there would be because I don't think this show's above it. I think there would be a very uh, obvious nod to Ghostbusters, the glowjob scene. <laughs> yes. Where a ghost 
performs fellatio on Dan Aykroyd. I think there would be a similar scene in this show. I think so, too. (laughs) I think it's time for every show to have a scene like that. Every show needs fellatio. Um, Hashtag every show needs fellatio. Hashtag Magnum P.I. Magnum condoms. We need you. We need you. And if you, you're not- wait, wait, hold on. Let me let me take another swing at that. Hold on. Uh-huh. Magnum PI, more like Magnum PIV, because penis and vagina. Oh, thank you. We need you, and if we we don't have <laughs> you, then we don't have your support. And if exactly. if we don't have support for penis and vagina sex, then we don't have support for a- anyone. Okay, Magnum Magnum Tom Selleck. If you're not supporting us, then you're against us. It's true. <laughs> it's true, and I hate it. I hate that this man is against us. <laughs> I hate that this man is against men's rights. Jesus. Okay. Well, with that, I think that's the <laughs> yeah, end of this I think episode. So too. Hey, just for the record. Nobody on this show is a men's rights activist. Far from it. (laughs) So uh, that's going to do it for Nearly Departed. Uh, If you want to follow us on any of our social media, we are at Unaired for pretty much, or Unaired Podcast for pretty much everything. Uh, If you want to visit our website, go to fakebutts.com or unairedpodcast.com. But please use the first one, fakebutts.com. I spent $12 on it. So let me get my money's worth. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, just a reminder. Yeah, new episodes are every other Thursday now. Uh, mentioned that last episode, but just as a reminder. And yeah, I think that's about it. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye. There, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcast arenos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving the Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every dope. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com.